1: Is Wax Poetic on Co op Radio CFRO 100.5 FM?
2: So, what if I write a poem like a song?
1: Welcome to Wax Poetic. I'm one of your co hosts today, Pamela Bentley.
0: I'm Kevin Spence, your other co host.
1: And our guest today is.
0: I'm
2: Rob Taylor. I'm not a co host. (laughs) Are you interested?
0: Uh, this
1: is
2: my audition, I believe. <laughs> that's be
1: how nice. it happens. I started as a guest, too. Yes.
2: Yes. We were, You are our guest today, Rob, and we were going to get you to start with a poem. Sure. Uh, my new book that's coming out is uh, I wrote a poem a week during my wife's uh, pregnancy with our first son. So this is the very first poem in the book. It's called Five Weeks. Um, it has a couple of little quotes in it from Elizabeth Smarts by Grand Central Station. I sat down and wept. Five Weeks. Anonymous. A lima bean, they say. No eyes or brain beneath the flesh and blood and membrane of my wife. But oh, my burning baby anchors love within me. One day you'll wonder if any of this matters. If you and it share a common bond. If love's a word we pin to things thin-skinned enough to pierce. I sit in bed beside you both. You and the idea of what you'll be and listen as your mother breathes for three if we lose you what of you will linger if you last how will this breathing burning love divide sustain and multiply when i speak of it many years from now to whom will i be speaking my dear my darling do you hear me where you sleep
0: Oh,
1: that was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. But not nothing I wouldn't expect from you.
0: We had high hopes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I because
1: this is a thing. Neither of us have seen this book because it's not officially launched yet. It, it's not... It's uh, a
2: secret book, yes. Until tomorrow night. <laughs> Gasparo books are always secret books. They, uh, they distribute them through back channels, and yeah. they just <laughs> appear on people's bookshelves, yeah. and nobody knows quite how it happens.
0: Well, they're very beautiful. Could you tell us a little bit about how gorgeous it feels I want to just keep reaching and out and How you were involved? And in for, for people who maybe aren't familiar with Gasparo,
2: Tell us, tell us, tell us about Well, that. now I feel like I'm part of the Gaspro team, That's so it feels right. like gloating. But I, I specifically really wanted to publish this book with them because they make the prettiest books in poetry, in the poetry world. And they're, um, you know, this very fancy custom paper that they bring in from this very special paper maker in Montreal, and then they emboss them with these beautiful images and, and everything about the design. It's all done in-house in Kentville, Nova Scotia. And... Uh, the whole operation. They, they edit the books, they print them, they distribute them, everything out of, their building these two guys who I don't think sleep at night. They work so hard at it. And, uh, yeah, they're always, I've always just dreamed that one day, you know, I, I, over time, I've come to covet the book as a physical object more and more, maybe because the internet and, you know, e-books and all this mm-hmm. have kind of, um, attacked the physical book and I've become more enamored with it. So then I, I've become more and more desirous of a Gaspar book one day, so I I very much lucked out and uh, and got one.
1: It's yes. even one of those ones that has the fold-in thing where you can mark your page as you're reading yeah. through. I love those. It's like um, a
2: hardcover book. It's like a little...
1: Yeah, it's and beautiful design in the front and lovely green color. Now, people are not going to have to wait very long to get one of these because you are doing a launch tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Thursday, yeah.
2: what is that, October? 27th. And where is it? At Wise Hall.
1: Wise Hall. Why, book launch at Wise Hall? What, what what are you talking about? What's I'm going
2: not on? I'm not messing around here, people. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah.
1: You're gonna fill is it upstairs or downstairs?
2: Upstairs, downstairs no. and in the ladies' chamber. <laughs> I want to emphasize well, that's not true. It's just upstairs. Well, the baby. The Maybe the after parties in the ladies' chamber. The maternity dimension. Yeah. Two,
1: 250 capacity there. That okay. is no. very...
2: I've just, I've, I want to emphasize we are going to set up the room in the, oh, in so the most really intimate. cowardly intimate way possible. I
1: love it when they when you put it down on the floor. Yeah. I love the it's wise hall like that.
2: I think it will max out at about 25 people the way we're going to set it up. And okay. there'll be lots of space between the chairs so you can stretch out. No, it'll be nice, but we're not we're not doing the whole I'm not yeah. going to be up on the stage. I love that space with the w-
1: wood floors and yeah. uh, but you know, now I'm going to do
2: Wisehall promotion. You've done Gaspro press promotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, do it. I think there are good partnerships in do. terms of mm-hmm. halls and publishers. They're yeah. they're in the same kind. No of kidding. Of stream, it's true. Yeah. It's yeah.
1: true. Um, now this poem that you just read, that first poem that you wrote, when you wrote that first poem, was it an intention to do the 5 weeks of poetry? or what What were you or did
2: that just kind of happen it was just a poem and I had no no thought at that point about writing a book um, I was working on short fiction at the time actually and I think possibly because I've been working on that so much and not writing poetry for a while suddenly having this new thing to write about you know got me excited and I think I was four or five six poems into the process before I realized maybe if I keep going at this pace there might be a, a book here you know and uh, and then in the end, it happened.
1: Oftentimes on the show, we talk about we end up talking about how poetry allows us to write about things that we can't express any other way. So, do you think that's why those feelings were coming out in poetry? Is it because it lent itself well to the to the emotions you were having in the situation?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think in a in a broad sense, I I write poetry to figure things out about life. You know, to be surprised by what ends up on the page and learn things about myself and the world in that process. So that's what I was doing here. You know, other people might write things in a journal or, or something to try to process it. Uh, and I write poems. So
0: I love how um, the anxiety and the all these abstract kind of emotions are put in such tangential or in such uh, tangible, pardon me, <laughs> form. And, uh, and it's beautiful to kind of really enter your world. And it's just, it's such a, a, a gorgeous um, intimate view of that. I'm curious. My question, Rob Taylor, is from your first book, which has a fair number of form poems in it, mm-hmm. from kind of playful haikus mm-hmm. to like more serious sonnets. I'm curious about the form of the poems and the ones that I've read online seem to be more kind of, and there's my nerdy kind of poetry question, and they seem to be more in um, free verse. Mm-hmm. Um, was that something that was just your response to kind of the chaos of the world and the news, and then you just let kind of the various stages of little Lucas's development kind of be the form itself?
2: Yeah, it's actually, um, there's two sides to my answer to that. The one is definitely when I wrote the book, I was wanting to get it out. I knew I couldn't write, um, you know, all these poems as steadily as I needed to write them. Um, if I didn't take somewhat of a journalistic kind of attitude towards it and not worry like I do write poems where I'm really watching the rhythm and the form, and that takes it takes more time to get the first draft down you know and and sometimes so so I was there was definitely that part of getting the poems out. Um, the other part though is how formed the book is, which is only something I realized afterwards i'm at the same time as the book coming out, I'm teaching a course on form poetry. And I realized when I was telling my students that I had a book coming out, um, I realized this is kind of awkward for me. My book has no form, formal <laughs> poems in it, and here I am espousing the importance of writing poems in different forms. Um, but what I came to realize as I looked at the book and thought about form was there's so many elements um, of things I learned from formal poems in these. So that first poem I read has quotes embedded in it from other people, and I got that from learning to write the Glossa form, which has... Um, has a little quote a quote at the beginning, and then the lines of it are, it's very structured. There's a certain place where each of the lines from the quote appear. Mine aren't structured like that, but that idea of working with other quotes is something I got from the Glossa. Um, and And the poems jump around a lot more than my poems did in the first book. Like I, I like to write, I used to like to write a poem about a thing and it says about the thing all the way to the end. And now they'll leap back and forth between the pregnancy and what's happening in the, in the world, uh, in news and that kind of stuff. And that very much came from forms like the huzzle, um, some some versions of sonnets, where there's like there's the volta, which is this part. Mm-hmm. in the I'm even nerdier than you right now, <laughs> but uh,
1: wax poetic <laughs> is the place for nerdy, uh, nerdy poetry yeah. questions <laughs> and answers. So
2: yeah, so <laughs> go for it, go for it. So wherever that where that turn happens in a sonnet, and just I think getting comfortable with poems making these big moves suddenly, and and that being okay, that was something that came from writing forms where that's what you're trying to do so and then generally the book is highly structured you know in that it, there's a a poem a week and um mm-hmm. so the book itself has a form that i don't think i would have had if i wouldn't wasn't thinking about form as much as i did when i wrote the first book but yeah it is all free verse technically
1: i would like to hear another poem from the book because we want to talk there's so many other things we want to talk to you about and i want to hear some of the poetry so that we don't uh, shortchange that
2: so do you guys want me to go uh, happier or, or do you want to go dark straight away? What are
1: you feeling? What's what you feeling
2: right now? <laughs> well, gut? I'm always going If you were writing a poem dark, right now, what would you want to Let in? the inner darkness out. Or light. This is kind of light and dark. Uh, like jump. life? <laughs> uh, it's 24 weeks, so we're about mid, a little over midway. through. Yeah, I think I said five weeks earlier. I don't know where I got that. Uh, well, five was I read the that was the first poem I read. Was oh, because it was at five weeks. Okay, because if you write a poem called one week, you're you're lying. Yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. So if you if someone else does this and they have a one week, yeah, do not trust
1: them. No, I know because you need to. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Okay, yeah. so
2: this one's 24. This is 24, and uh, it opens with a quote from the. um, Uh, Caribbean American poet, Kwame Dawes. And I was at a talk he was giving, and he was talking about running a small uh, literary magazine, Obsidian, um, for African American writers for years. And someone essentially asked him, you know, nobody reads these things, (laughs) you do a lot of work, and there's not that many people who appreciate it, what gave you the motivation to keep going doing this thing, this arts organizing that you were doing. And he said that, well, I knew there were all these young writers who needed a home for their work. And I wanted to provide them that home and then he paused and he said and the truth is you know if you build a home for other people you get to live in that home and i was Mm -hmm. i was away i was this i wasn't in vancouver when i heard this and i was thinking about my family that i was building back home and all the focus we were putting into this baby um this focus out and realizing that really it was the process was about making a home for myself so anyway um that's the opening quote 24 weeks If you build a home, you can live in that home. Kwame does. My baby, your mother and I are building your home. We are volunteer laborers. We have nothing to offer you but this. We hope it will be enough. We hope you will let us live in this new home with you. My baby, your mother and I are singing you a song. We are leaning in, singing into one microphone. Our voices are joining in the air before electrifying down the cord to you. That is why we sound like one person. My baby, your mother and I are digging your grave. We will not finish it, but we are starting it. We're digging with our hands without knowing it. We're digging with our voices without meaning it. It is our duty, our honor. My baby, I ask you to be a volunteer laborer. I ask you to finish our grave with such precision that we cannot tell it from our home, that by the end, they will have become one place.
1: Wow. <clears throat> yeah, I see the light oh. and dark.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Finishes on the dark. <laughs> well, but
1: it's gorgeous. I it's know, so no, beautiful it is. I mean, it
0: that is, as dark as it is, well, it's that you ten- just, it tenuousness,
1: right? Like you mm. never know.
2: Yeah. I don't know, my my father died when I was 12, so I've had a lot of time to uh, come to peace with death and see it as a little more positive. So when I write about it, I think, for me, they feel more positive than they come across for a lot of people. That was
1: beautiful. Thank you. I want to hear another one.
2: Could
0: you read
2: twenty five? Oh, oh, he's oh, oh got requests. <laughs> oh, so you
1: have read the book?
0: Well, some of them. I've okay.
2: read some of the twenty five. Oh, online. Oh, right. oh, this is my attempt at a Vancouver poem. Yeah, I'm not. I don't really. I don't know why. I don't write as much about things that I'm close to. You know, I'll write about some place far away, but it's hard. It's like I can write about my father who died when I was young, but it's way harder for me to write about my mother who's at home looking after my baby right now. <laughs> so it's hard to write about Vancouver. But yeah, this is the Vancouver poem in the book. You have to imagine where it's summer and we're all happy inside and not regretting being (laughs) in this rainy, miserable place. Uh, I've made my peace with it. Yeah, 25 weeks. Today, a new poll. Vancouver is the least happy city in Canada. In the book, I learn to crack the crying code until I am late for my Kitsilano dinner date with your mother. The steeple at Eighth and Maple is lined with long, thin spears, so the seagull has nowhere to stand but atop the cross. I'm hungry is low and weak. I'm sick is sudden, panicked, and long. At Sixth, the stretch where CP Rail tore up community gardens to survey, a few tulips climbing up around the tracks, nonetheless. I'm bored starts as coos, Then turns to fussing at fourth the mexican place filled with families overpaying for the early meal at second a tiny apartment we once balked at and a woman in a tube dress hanging her bird feeder some nights the window newly reopened i wake to a woman's heels against sidewalk four stories below and i'm not sure if the sound is coming from inside me until it's growing loud and then faded back out of range. At York, rhododendrons. At Creelman, lilies and a man in a yellow shirt smoking. Seismologists say 13,000 will die in the earthquake they're certain will break in your lifetime. At white, remnants of a garage sale in a cardboard box marked free. There's a whole section in the back of the book About injuries. If we sever your arm, I'm to control the bleeding, clean the wound, and apply pressure. I'm to loosen your clothing in case you're in shock. I'm to wrap your arm in a cloth and pack it in ice. I'm uncomfortable is whiny, nasal, and continuous. I'm in pain is loud and panicked, and persists until the baby is breathless. I apologize. Your mother hands me a sandwich. I sit on the blanket she packed before leaving for work. We strategize, then sleep with our heads on each other's knees, you between us in the sand, until we wake to the cool of the sun spilling into the ocean and the clicks of tourists' cameras seemingly everywhere. For some people, you see, the sun goes other places.
0: Beautiful, and I, again, I just love how that takes kind of the abstraction of the future, and it just brings it um, into our reality, and it makes it feel so immediate and real. Um, yeah, I love that. In terms of writing these poems, were you motivated um, many times, kind of just thinking about kind of the future? Was that kind of one of the main things? I mean, thinking about your young yeah, child's I mean
2: life obviously like anyone who has a kid at some point you think do i want to bring someone into this world and then once you've decided you're going to have a kid and it's actually happening you i think you really start looking at the world again mm-hmm. double checking the decision you made and the time that this book happened in you know there was um it was the spring and summer of 2015 was when the bulk of the book happens and that's you know Isis was in full swing the refugee crisis then the refugee crisis now, we think of it as the Syrian crisis, but really it was from North Africa all over the place, um, was really starting up. And, and that first summer rash of school, of um, shootings, police shootings in the United States was happening. So, you know, you're, I was really being struck by that world and projecting that forward and imagining what it might be like, um, this world that I'll be giving this person for the next 80 or 90 years or so, whatever it ends up being. And this book of poetry... And this book of poetry to humiliate him by. Yes. Yes. He's going to read it. After the earthquake, he'll just stand there, sit there with his book (laughs) in his hands and say, thank you for this book. That made it all worth it.
0: (laughs) How old do you think he'll be? When the can earth- read? No, oh, when the earthquake gets. No, <laughs> that's what I thought you were asking. No, <laughs> no at what age do you think uh, somebody can read? Oh, what's your audience? Your what's your poetry? audience? My audience? Can we sell
2: this to? I'm 10-year-olds? definitely thinking three to five is my main. <laughs> well, baby showers. <laughs> baby showers I mean, are great. Women baby who you know. Exactly yeah, yeah. I'm working on making a board book. Do you have a niche market <laughs>
1: actually? Yeah, to sell to pregnant f- yeah. f- fathers with I, pregnant mothers. I like the
2: idea oh, of people of people enthusiastic. Buying the book based on the subject and thinking okay. it'll be this you know, like heartwarming book about you expecting a child, and then just being crushed <laughs> and depressed by the reality. <laughs> um, oh, you're bad. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would love that. I would love if people started giving them out a baby showers and things. Yeah.
1: Um, I really liked how you're moving through the space in the way that Kevin talked about you're also moving through an actual physical space geographic space in Vancouver and you're moving through the reading of a book at the same time and you're mixing all that together and I know how you said earlier that your poems usually stayed with one thing but then you were bringing all these other things in I really like that I really like how you're doing that and pulling all those things it means we have to pay attention more and I I like that about poetry generally, is that it it's a, a call for us to pay attention, right, to the world, to the poetry, to the the word choice, to the voice of the poet, to all of the, the subject matter. So, yeah, I think it's really, really beautiful and absolutely um, um, brilliant writing. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, momentum is definitely a big theme of the book. You know, this, the news keeps coming and the baby keeps coming, and no matter yeah. what I do, these <laughs> things are coming at me, so... And the book, the poems can kind of barely catch up. That's can you
1: read one of those poems that has sort of like the the world's news at the time coming into it or interjecting into that? Sure. Um, um, that would be. I would love to hear an example of that. And then I'm going to get to read the book this week because you know I'll be able to get one tomorrow night at Wise Hall, October twenty seventh, your book launch. <laughs>
2: That's it. Uh, you know, we'll just keep going here okay. um, with the next <laughs> one. Actually, it works well. Uh, Twenty-six weeks, which um, the migrant crisis was really um, picking up at that point. We were, there was a lot of focus on Libya and um, and migrants coming in from Libya uh, and different parts of North Africa. And at this, and while I was thinking about that, the um, riots in Baltimore happened over the um, the the acquittal of the police officers involved in Freddie uh, Freddie Gray's death. And the poem just kind of weaves those two into this one. It opens with a quote from John Lee Anderson, uh, who was talking about Libya, the migrant crisis in Libya. And that quote is, Throughout the country there are estimates of as many as 1,600 militias, but it's a bit like counting stars. Everyone is armed everywhere. 26 weeks. I know you're busy synthesizing, turning nutrients to meat, But baby, in Baltimore they're looting liquor stores and cops with batons are pushing past the fact that in the back of a squad car the good guys broke a black boy's spine while somewhere between Libya and Italy 400 Africans drowned on the slow leaky row to another day. Grow, grow, don't worry militias or migrants, looters, objectors, their numbers like stars. The boys flipping cars and the boys locked deep in the hull. No, they are not the same. Gaddafi is no Freddie Gray. Everyone is not armed everywhere. They just share the same sky tonight. But take them in as you might. Synthesize. Did you hear the hammers that woke me today hitting metal in some distant yard? In those earliest moments, I swore they were the voices of crows.
0: Wow. I want everybody to read this book. Yeah, no kidding. Really, especially in Vancouver. Um, I like that that ends with the crows and the whole, like, Lotus Land, La La Land, this, um, you know, f- f- deliberate kind of forgetting of all these things that are happening outside of the city. Yeah. And so, you know, here is a, a book that brings all these events around the world, into again a very very real realm of here we are in vancouver and this is but again i mean and it's harsh at times of course but it's delivered in this as pam said you know this really um attention focused way
1: well yeah and the and crows so. are carrying right in a way they carry their own guns right they, you know <laughs> like that's the other thing that i thought of it's like the crows are picking over the dead yeah in a way i mean yeah. not as much as vultures, but we still, I mean, we still sometimes forget because we romanticize them yeah. so much that they're really, carrion eaters. <laughs> so we've been listening to uh, Rob Taylor, our guest today, and in conversation with him uh, on Wax Poetic on Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM. And we are almost out of time, but there's some things I want to ask you about. I know that you do this interview series and is it completely online? That's my first question. Yes. And the second question is what's it like for you to be interviewed instead of being, or well, we're not really interviewing me, but I'm sure it's not the first time you've been interviewed in quotation marks. What's that like for you? Which, which side do you like better?
2: Yeah, I do uh, interviews online. I do them for Prism International and I put them on my um, own blog, Roll of Nichols as well. Um, I, I do them all uh, written by email. So, I like this a lot more. If I had the time and capacity to do it in person, I, I would prefer that. But I, a lot of writers are very nervous about saying stupid things. You know, I think a lot of people like the time to, and I do. I am interested by the, what people come up with when they have time to really, you know, craft. That's why we their like responses. doing live live shows cause so you can make fools of poems. Well, no, all the not time. so we <laughs> make
1: fools, but just like sometimes we have more interesting conversations. Yeah, it's no, I, I definitely it's agree. Different. Yeah, it's very, like, there's value in both of the things. Yeah. And if people want, so com is... Dot dot is Dot blogspot.com. Blogspot. Blogspot. Yeah. <laughs> people can read more of the last, there. The last blogspot.
0: <laughs> I'm single-handedly keeping Staring. Blogger alive, yeah. The old <laughs> yeah. blogspot. And people yeah. can
1: come to your launch tomorrow night. There are other people reading with you at the Wise Hall on um, Thursday, October 27th. Who is reading with you?
2: Yeah, it's an incredible lineup. I'm, I, it's incredible for me both because I think they're, three of the best poets working in the city, but also because they all played an important role in, in my own life development as a, a writer. Um, uh, it's an Hunter, um, uh, Raul Fernandez, and Karen Soli, who is just in town for the semester, I think, uh, teaching at UBC. So it's a rare opportunity to see her read. And she played a huge role in the book. I was able to work with her, and she helped give me suggestions of things to read and think about to drive on some of the later poems so and you are you also teaching at ubc right now no i'm at uh, ufe in abbotsford
1: and you had a poem in uh, the recent in fine form second edition that just came out
2: i did yes i was uh, it was very helpful for me because i'm teaching a course on form poetry using the uh, using the book so i when i taught it i got to say i'm oh, in it and yeah. instantly gain authority from <laughs> people Excellent. who i don't think when you look at me my little baby face i don't think they believed that i was a real teacher so
1: well i have to say that i've known you for a couple of years just from poetry readings and stuff and i didn't know you were quite as witty and sharp i mean not in that intelligent way but in the like i knew you were sharp that way but in the uh just kind of, it's really fun to it with you here. Oh, so, I must yeah. have
2: been terrible in my last interview.
1: No, well, we didn't really, we didn't. <laughs> I wasn't I really I wasn't interviewed
2: in my yeah, I think Kevin must here. bring it I've out. I've never me. really interviewed you before. Oh, yeah, okay. we can
1: tell that you guys know each other really yeah. well. We did a like a, you were doing, you were, you were letting um, Daniela do most of the talking because
0: we were
2: talking I, about the. It's not letting her.
0: It's just <laughs> Step what happens and... when
2: you're in the same room, you know. <laughs> Well, no I'm comment. also no I, am, I am I am auditioning here, me. right? So for my co-host position, so I'm putting a little extra. <laughs> I think you'd be able to fill in for. Yeah. yeah.
1: And before Next. we went on air, I said, "I wish uh, I wish we were already on air because you guys were." I could tell <laughs> that you d- guys do this a lot. So um, we have to say, um, well, unfortunately, fortunately, that there are two other events tomorrow, <laughs> oh. Thursday. Poetry is the eye of the beholder at the Gallery Gachet, Is that where it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with Jordan Abel from seven to ten, and you know, you were saying Ah, Jordan. Read last week that guy, you know, like
2: Jordan's wonderful, but I mean he's gotten (laughs) enough attention, don't we? All there's a lot of stuff on YouTube. You can watch a lot of Jordan There's almost nothing of me on YouTube. So there you
0: go.
1: A Twisted Poets Tomorrow Night with Susan mccaslin and Richard Osler.
2: Lovely people.
1: Tonight at the Wise Hall also is Mike McGee and Friends. He's in town with a whole bunch of musicians and a few poets, including Lucia Mish, I think TJ Daw is telling a story as well. And at the same time over at Cafe du Soleil there is the annual Ghost Story Slam, which is poets and storytellers going head-to-head telling scary stories. Um, Tuesday night, there is also two events, Poetic Pairings at the Britannia Library. You're doing that, aren't you? Glenn? I'm going
0: to be there reading. Who are you paired with? Yeah, with Kyle.
1: Kyle Hawk. Kyle, with Kyle Hawk. Hawk. That's right. And uh, and I'm going to be doing as well with uh, Taina Awan. And Evelyn Lau and Fred Wah have their own poetic pairing over just a couple blocks away at the People's Co-op Bookstore at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Tuesday as well. Um, And as always, there is a Monday Night Slam at Café du Soleil. Uh, is there anything else we want to cover? We probably have time for maybe one more short poem. or, or And
2: the or Dead, Dead Poets reading series is oh, yeah, coming Dead up po- anytime soon. Dead Poets, next one's November 13th. We will be up on the third floor of the library because it is currently under tarps and That's full right. of mold and things. There yeah, were yeah. flows a flood, so we're going to be doing it um, in open air. Who knows what random library patron will wander through the reading. It's very exciting. <laughs>
1: and you're one of the organizers of that with Diane Tucker and Christopher Levinson. Is that correct? Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: On Cape Braid, yep, yeah.
1: And do you guys need people?
2: Oh, well, We're booked fully through through May at this point. Oh, okay, point. good, because I but... heard
1: a couple of months ago that you were looking for folks, so you must have, you Wait, must it have did a call-out and it worked. Okay, <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, yeah so one, maybe one short poem.
2: Sure, I'll just read a, a little short one. This is from early on and the early stresses of, of having a baby. Uh, nine weeks. In a fever of worrying the world ready for you, I wasted another day ate it, and layered it away, and miserably slept, as late afternoon folded to evening, sweating fully clothed under blankets in a bright-lit bedroom, until your mother roused Ella Fitzgerald, and the two of them put on a pot for dinner, and a few minutes later I woke fogged and dripping to the sound and the smell of the ready world.
1: Rob Taylor's been our guest today on Wax Poetic. I'm one of your co-hosts, Pam Bentley.
0: And I'm your other co-host, Kevin (sighs) Spinst.
1: And No Apologies Necessary is coming up next.
0: You've been listening to Wax
1: Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? what?